0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fresh Brewed Kentucky Politics. If you're listening to this on the podcast forum, on my last episode I had an intro, maybe or maybe not. I'm not going to do that anymore. I didn't like it. But I thank you guys for joining me regardless if you're joining me live. I certainly appreciate that, and I hope you do me a favor. Go ahead and hit the share button that's down there in the right-hand corner. Let everybody know I'm out, and I'm here. And I'm speaking. It's about 10.22 at night. Coming at you a little bit later. I was just doing a podcast on a show um, called Roads to Liberty. I encourage you to listen to it. Um, When that gets posted, I'll post it on my Facebook for you guys. And I thank you guys for joining me. Once again, please hit the share button. If you want to support us, go to broodco.com. B-R-E-W-E-D-C-O.com. You can also visit us in the coffee shop, of course, in Lexington, and you can also donate to us, donate.broodco.com. But please, the number one thing you could do for me right now is go ahead and give this a share. We've got some great topics coming in for you guys today. What we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the uh, governor's filed suit over House Bill 518. That's a state fair board bill. We're going to talk about... um, I got an interesting information on SB 63, which was a a voting bill that uh, dealt with the connecting of the machines, voting machines to the internet I wanna talk about. Bashir today basically encouraging vaccine passports and as well, Fauci's very upset. They're all upset for not taking enough vaccines. They say, why won't you just do what we demand that you do? They can't understand why they wanna blame it on politics. Well, I'm gonna break that down for them. So hey, maybe if you share this, they might just hear me. But I thank you guys for joining us. Oh, it looks like there's people from all over. I thank you guys so much. So let's talk about House Bill 518, the State Fair Board. So this bill here was uh, passed, vetoed, overridden. And what this bill did is is it moved the powers of appointing the the State Fair Board, so this is the board that does the State Fair, to uh, the Ag Commissioner under his roles and and removes it from the governor now me personally i don't actually like this bill very much and the reason why i don't like it mainly is because the ag commissioner also sits on the board and is a voting member of this board and so if you have a member of a board who's also has this appointing power of a chunk of the board you're going to have that person have an excise amount of control on the board and i don't uh think that's very good i personally don't like it but putting that to the side that that i don't like that i think it lopsides the board of power gives too much power to the ag commissioner the governor has decided that even though this bill was passed he's going to do what he's been doing all along all across the state legislature, with with all these six seven bills now and he runs to the courts and he sues saying that it is his sole authority to appoint people on the state fair board. And if he doesn't have that authority, then he cannot watch your taxpayer dollars properly. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think Bashir's watching our taxpayer dollars very much at all. I don't think he cares. The man spins like he's got a hole burning in his pocket. So I don't think he cares that much about it. It is one thing that's been constant with this governor. He just cares about Power. That is all he cares about. He cares about having the power, and so he's upset that the state fair board uh, no longer is under his control, and he's going after uh, the state legislators for doing it. Like he's pretending like the ag commissioner isn't a elected position as well, uh, that is accountable to the people just as much as him. It's like he's forgotten that and he thinks he's the overall power. Now, like I said, I disagree with the bill on its on its on how it works. However, the governor shouldn't be running to the courts every time a bill gets passed that he doesn't like. That isn't how our system works. But the problem is, is, is Judge Shepard and the courts have opened a Pandora's box. And this Pandora's box is making it to where the governor literally cannot stop doing this. They have in made it to where he can do this he's getting success from it he's getting what he wants from it and he's going to keep doing it time and time and time again because they opened up the floodgates my only hope my only hope is he's opened up the floodgates so much by running to them over every little thing every little thing he runs to them over And the hopes is, is he's opened up those floodgates to the point where the courts, when finally we have the the case involving SB1, SB2, HB1, the Scott County case, all these cases, and they eventually end up in front of the state Supreme Court, that they say, enough is enough. You have used us too much. Instead of saving us for the truly terrible things, you've decided, you have decided, Bashir, to use us way too much. You've overstayed your welcome in our courts. We're just going to rule against you, so you stop... Running to us every time the legislator does something. Let's keep in mind the legislator is the ultimate policymaker in Kentucky okay? It is the legislator's job to make policy. It is then the governor's job to execute said policy. Now, if you're saying the legislator can't even make policy anymore, there is nothing in our constitution. There is nothing in there that says that the the governor has to have control over the state fair board and that the ag commissioner cannot, but yet you still have the governor somehow claiming that his supreme power is somehow innate and he should have all the control in the world. And you know what's worse is I think Judge Shepard grants it to him. I think they grant this to him, but I think once again, they're going to have a problem they've opened up a Pandora's box and it's not going to work out well for them and I'm curious to see how this turns out so that's House Bill 518 that's being heard in the courts now because he can't stop running to them and and I hope they put their foot down finally as well we've SB 63 I've, I've got some information on that one some weird information and I think it's worth discussing. So for those who don't know, how Senate Bill 63 is one of the few bills that didn't overcome the governor's veto. So the governor had vetoed this bill and um, what this bill did was it dealt with voting machines. Now, we all know one of the biggest hot button issues right now going on in the world of the GOP and of Republicans is voter security. They want to make sure their elections are secure, right? And so this is a hot-button issue with Republicans. So Secretary of State's all around the country, especially Republican ones, have been taking a good, hard look at this. So Adams has... Michael Adams is a Secretary of State here in Kentucky. He's a Republican. He has taken a good, hard look at this one. And um, supposedly... Now, at the time, it came in, and then it was vetoed, and the governor said it was because he had asked him to do it. And I'm going to read for you real quick what the the veto message um is on this here so that way you can hear it so he says i annie Bashir, governor of commonwealth kentucky pursuant to the authority granted under section ADA of the kentucky constitution to hereby veto the following senate bill 63 the 2021 regular session of general assembly in its entirety i'm vetoing senate bill 63 at the request of the state board of elections the kentucky association of county and clerks and the secretary of state because it has it will have the unintended effect of prohibiting the use of voting systems currently in use may infringe upon the rights of voters with disabilities. So what this bill did was, I guess, what we were being told, what we were being told was that these this bill would make it to where voting machines cannot be connected up to the Internet. And that was the point of the bill. However, this bill had some wording in it, I guess, that supposedly the Secretary of State and everybody had an issue with that said the, the machines could not be able to connect up to the internet just can't connect to the internet and i guess the problem is is we have all these machines all across the state that are able to connect to the internet and so if this bill had passed supposedly would have had to have replaced every single one of our voting machines in kentucky with a different machine that didn't connect to the internet because um that's what the the bill had stated it just its wording was a little off they said we need to clean up this wording that is what they told like everyone that is what they told us why they didn't pass it why he vetoed it everything else and so and and what's weird is it was fully endorsed by everybody so this passed the house and senate flying collars it gets vetoed it gets past the senate and then it dies in the house on like the last day and it was really weird and for anybody who knows, that's the kind of behavior of a bill that a, a Michael Adams, the Secretary of State, indicates that he clearly, I guess, had communicated. To me, it looks like he'd communicated to the State Senate and the State and then the state House and talked to them. And he talked to the State House and said, I don't want this bill to pass it because of X, Y, Z reasons. I don't want it to pass. And you think, okay, that's well and good. They said we're going to clean it up next year, pass it again, everything else. That's all they said. And I say, okay, well that's interesting. And so I'm at a Republican Party meeting tonight though and a representative of Adams is actually in the room. And they're talking about this bill and Adams just, and the representative for Adams says, yeah, the bill passed, was vetoed, it overcame the Senate, didn't overcome the House. And I go, well, um, I said, well, you know, why do you veto it? The governor vetoed it because Adams told him to. That's what he said. I mean, I'll read for it again for you guys. It clearly states, uh, at the request of the Board of Elections, the Kentucky Associated County Clerks, and the Secretary of State. So I said, what's that about? And the representative for Adams looks at me and says, well, I tell you what, uh, we didn't tell him to do that. He's saying that Governor Bashir, in his veto message over why he vetoed something, lied about why he was vetoing it. And my first thought is is that sounds exactly like some Governor Bashir would do. He'd lie about why he was vetoing it. He would. He'd do it in a heartbeat. I think we can all agree we would not put it past Governor Bashir to lie about those kinds of things, right? I, I don't think I would, would you? I certainly wouldn't. But what's weird is how the bill behaved in the House. and the bill behaved in the House uh, and, and it passed the Senate, but then it died in the House. So if Michael Adams wanted the bill to pass, but the governor lied and said he didn't when he vetoed it, why did it die in the House? On top of that, you know, this is pretty big news. I mean, we're talking about a governor lying in his veto message saying that the Secretary of State didn't want it, saying he wanted it vetoed, and they're saying, no, no, he didn't. And, if, 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 and there's a lot of people upset at the Secretary of State Michael Adams right now here in Kentucky because they're upset over this bill. They want their elections to feel safe and they think he wants machines that can connect up to the internet. They're upset about this. This is a hot button Republican issue right now. You have your head in the sand if you don't think election integrity is at the top of the ticket for people right now. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So why wouldn't he come out and make a statement and say the governor just lied? I never told them to veto that bill. You think he would've done it right away, but he didn't. So either A, the guy who's representing Michael Adams didn't know what was going on, and he was just saying things, and and, and he had to backpedal, or or I don't know. B, Governor Bashir lied in his veto message and isn't being called out on it by michael adams for whatever reason in a way that would absolutely defend himself to the voters to the republican voters of the state or c michael adams is now telling people to lie saying he didn't ask the governor to veto it i don't know what it is i don't know what the answer is and and you know if i was an investigative journalist and you know, we do some, some news work ourselves from time to time, some digging. I'm not quite um, quite there, but I have to ask a question. I have to ask a question. Why isn't the news covering this? We have a situation where the governor either lied in his veto message or he was Secretary of State that is now lying to all of his constituents. And I got to be honest with you, based on how the bill died in the House, It looks like Michael Adams is the one lying right now. And then that begs the question, why are you lying about it? I mean, if it really is just an issue that you were saying that, oh, the machines couldn't be connected up to the internet, and and the way the wording was, we would have had to have replaced every single machine, we'll clean it up next time, why wouldn't he just say that out loud? But instead now he's saying, no, I never told him to veto it. I don't know. It leaves a lot of questions be asked about what is Adams's motivations here, because I'm starting to get confused. Now we all know Adams isn't exactly always. I mean, you know, he's Michael Adams. I mean, when you when you're employing people like rhinos like Trey in your office, and for those who don't know, Trey's the one who wrote that article about how um, Republicans need divorce themselves from Trumpism. And those are the types of people that Adams employs. (laughs) You ask a lot of questions. I know I do, right? I know I do. Um, it's a very weird situation. I think it needs to be looked into. We need to keep our antennas up on this one. Uh, you know, we'll we'll do some digging. We'll see if we can find out. There's some people I can talk to about this. I'm going to start talking to them about it a little bit more and figure out what the heck is going on. I'm not the one to jump to conspiracies. You guys know this. In fact, many of you guys are frustrated. I'm so, so not quick to be in conspiracies. But, man, I, I got to ask, what is going on here with SB 63, this veto message, and why is Michael Adams coming out here telling people, That the governor lied or at least his representatives are it's asked for a lot of i've got a lot of questions there um in other news today we have the governor uh coming out and saying that uh well he he quite frankly wants us to um consider uh this is this is him speaking here um he wants us to consider um i I have nothing else to say but it, it sounds like he's asking us consider doing vaccine passports that's the way it reads to me i'm gonna i'm gonna read you guys here from the article um if my uh if my internet will pull it up real quick sorry guys i had this teed up for us um but anyways you know he it sounds to me like he's pushing for uh, some sort of vaccine passport that private companies to get on behind. And and I'm going to read it to you guys. While I'm pulling this up, if you could do me a favor, go ahead and hit that share button down there in the corner. Um, go ahead and hit that share button for me. Just because like, you know, I asked you to, I don't know. Um, but anyways, here we go. So this article is from uh, out of Cincinnati, a WCPO out of Cincinnati here. So, uh, Bashir had decided to lift the capacity restrictions for venues that hold over a 1,000 um, to 50%. Apparently it was lower than that, I don't know. I don't own a venue uh, that has over a 1,000 people that can fit in it. Uh, so if I did, I'd know exactly what those things are. I just don't. So all I can do is say, hey, Um, i guess he was lifting that now he's lifting that i'm sure to make himself look like a gracious god so he's dangling this carrot out there for those who are unaware uh don't live in kentucky he's he's dangling this carrot out there that says oh listen if y'all get 800,000 more vaccines now it was 900,000 i guess 100,000 more have gotten vaccinated if y'all go get it i promise this time i'll lift most of these mandates but i won't lift the mask mandate because we're still worried about variants But I promise this time, I'll go ahead. I'm going to... I don't know why I'm doing this voice for Bashir. I'm sure his voice is more nasally and whiny when he's actually talking. But anyways, um, and he says, hey, I'm going to live these mandates. Uh, If if 2.5 million Kentuckians get vaccinated. Now he says he can do this in four to six weeks, but based upon the numbers I keep seeing, and this is a weird thing too. If guys start paying attention to these vaccination numbers, Bashir says all kinds of weird math on these things. I start trying to follow him because he says 900,000 more need to be vaccinated. Then that same day, an article shared saying only 1.3 million Kentuckians have gotten their, their, at least their first shots. But if the goal is 2.5 million and only 1.3 million have gotten the shot, that's 1.2 million 1.2 million that still need to be vaccinated. That is far more than 900,000. Far more than 900,000. But I digress from that. But the other day, he would said he could do this in four to six weeks. Well, an article I was reading the other day was saying all across the state, uh, we have 500,000 available vaccination vaccines that people are not picking up, they're not getting. Um, and they only vaccinated 15,000 people in that one day. So I take that 15,000, simple math here. And let's divide that by, uh, let's say we have 800,000 left based on what they're saying uh, by 15,000 here. And it's 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 real simple. Um, let me see. Yeah. And then I carry that there. And Bashir's a liar. Yep. That's what it says. Bashir is a liar. That is 53 days more it's already been it's already been a week already so we can add 7 to that um and that is at least 8 weeks 8 weeks if people are getting vaccinated 7 days a week at 15,000 that is if they're running these vaccination clinics all 7 days and they're doing 15,000 every single day I, you know, I'm not a mathematician, but uh, yeah, my calculator just said Bashir's lying to us to make it seem more attainable than it is. It's weird that a calculator can read that out, but that is what mine is now saying. It seems that my calculator has been updated with the new tyranny filter. Hmm, weird. Anyway, so pay attention to those numbers because they are all all over the place. But he has said, hey, if you can get those 2.5 uh, uh, million vaccinated, I'll go ahead and start lifting things. And so he's, he's dangling these carrots out there. And he's like, oh, look at that. I just upped that 50% on venues. You should be encouraging people to get vaccinated. And so what he says right here, uh, this is from the article. Bashir called on business owners, especially those who would benefit from capacity restrictions, being relaxed or lifted to encourage or incentivize patrons to get vaccinated. I'm asking, begging, showing you the science, bringing you the scientists. He said, hopefully also your doctors, your ministers will talk about it. When did a minister become an expert? Now, I remember distinctly back Easter when churches were being opened and we were told, we were told, we were told that churches are a terrible place and, and ministers that were telling us it was okay we shouldn't listen to. They're not experts, but yet now they're an experts on vaccination. It seems like whenever you're saying what they want you to say, you now become an expert. So suddenly now Bashir believes ministers are experts on vaccinations. It's weird how that works. Last I checked, they're not. But anyways. What he's calling for is business to incentivize or encourage patrons to get vaccinated. Now, some could say, listen, Andrew, he's just trying to do what the old Krispy Kreme is doing. He's just trying to offer you guys a free donut, right? And I understand that. Like I said, I also give my dog a treat when it does what it's told, okay? So I understand the idea of reward, all right? I understand it. However, however, it sounds an awful lot like me, like he's implying that hey, if you businesses out there wanna start maybe doing a little bit of uh, vaccine passports for us, we'll, we certainly will appreciate that. It sounds to me like he's pushing for, for businesses to start trying to demand people be vaccinated to possibly do business with them, to say, listen, I'm going to keep these restrictions going. I'm gonna lock you down more. It's now in your business's best interest to open. So when people say, well, you know, Andrew, it's a private business. I thought you're okay with private businesses doing whatever they want. I am. However, (laughs) we have, once again, government force being involved to get private businesses to do with what they want them to do they aren't leaving private businesses free to make their own decisions based on the profit incentives of the free market what he's doing is creating a false profit incentive of saying i'm locking down your business i'm putting restrictions on it and if you don't start getting people vaccinated that come in there and you don't start encouraging them you don't start getting with the program and if you don't start putting that shot in your arm and getting other people to do so as well, your employees, your your customers, and everyone, if you don't start doing that, I'm gonna punish you. I'm gonna create a different profit incentive. I'm gonna make the profit incentive not be to do whatever your the free market the customer wants, but instead, because of these mandates, to create a profit incentive that makes you behave in the way they want. That, my friends, is not how private business is supposed to operate. That isn't just a private business doing whatever's best for them. That's the private business working with government force to make them do something that they possibly don't want to do. And I have to wonder, it's getting kind of weird, right? Am I the only one thinking this whole vaccine thing is getting kind of weird? Like, I, I feel like, the more and more they're realizing, there's more and more he's realizing that these people aren't getting vaccinated. We've got thousands of vaccine appointments going un, unused. We've got vaccinations going unused. People, the people who wanna get vaccinated are getting vaccinated. The people who don't wanna get vaccinated aren't getting vaccinated. And they're really upset about this. We all know Jim Jordan and Fauci got into it there on the House floor and they got into it in the house lawyer he goes, give me a number, and Fauci would not give him a number. And I think what you have to understand when it comes to these epidemiologists, these infectious disease specialists, you have to look at the history of them. And historically, infectious disease specialists have always been the type to yell, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And what we've done is we turn them over a microphone, and they wanna keep on yelling, The sky is falling, the sky is falling, possibly past the time where the sky has stopped falling because they believe they know best. I mean, Fauci said it himself on the floor when he was talking to Jim Jordan. He is not looking at this through liberties. He's not looking at this as if he's in America. He is looking at this through the prism of of worrying about one thing and one thing only. That's the disease. And in your, if you're only worried about death through one way, you forget that people need to live. Human life only has value because people live. If people aren't living, they're not achieving, they're not doing anything with their lives, their life has no value. That's why we're seeing overdoses skyrocketing. Your life needs to have value. And if you lose your life's value in the process of just trying to stay alive, You're not not going to want to keep living, and this is going over Fauci's head because he is nothing more than infectious disease specialist. Do you think our founding fathers were unaware infectious disease existed? They absolutely knew they did. So you have him being asked to give a number and he would not give it. He would not give it, he wouldn't give him a number. And I think you're seeing the same thing i mean we we posted some of it but there's a disposition of dr stack that chris weiss didn't and and i encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast for me and him talk about that that's the legal update with chris weiss and we talk about how we talk about how while under oath while being uh uh, disposed dr stack admitted that they are making value-based decisions of what they think is important and necessary to keep on living compared to what a virus is important. And the thing is, is what's important to people depends upon your life experiences. For I know the restaurant industry is important because I work in the restaurant industry. Another person may think the horse industry is important because they work in the horse industry. And based on your life experiences depends on what you put value on. We know this. That's why we trust our state legislators to be the ultimate policy makers. That's why one man shouldn't be the one making policy it should be our state legislators and it should be our state legislators because well quite frankly quite frankly that's a diversity of opinions for in order to pass something through the state legislator that is 138 votes that have to occur on it. 138 voices all those people have different life experiences they have different things that are important they have different constituents that they've talked to That is how it's supposed to be handled. That's why our system is set up this way. This has been going on for over a year. We've had the opportunity to have them set up and say what they value and they don't, and they kind of did in House Joint Resolution 77. They lacked a spine to follow through and impeach Bashir and impeach Shepherd when they didn't allow them to keep doing it, but they did at least make their voice heard, and the governor is ignoring it. He has admitted, and and Stax has admitted, that they're making value-based decision-making And the legislator has said, this is what we value. This is what the people value. The legislator is the branch of the people. That's why it has more power than the other two branches. That's why it has more power than the other two branches. And he's ignoring it. And that's a problem. And the courts are complicit in this. For right now, we'll see what they end up doing. But Fauci has come out and said, we're not taking vaccines because of politics. No, we're not. That's not it. Here's It's really simple, Fauci. Let me see if I can get it through your thick skull that's supposedly filled with all these great ideas. Let me try to explain it to you. I am 28 years old. There has been only, according to the CDC, confirmed four deaths in the entire state under 30. I will not take a vaccine protect me against a disease that poses, statistically, no risk to me. It's not politics. It's that I'm not an idiot. Now, I understand, Fauci, you're an infectious disease specialist, so you believe I need to take that vaccine because you're worried about more iterations of the, of the disease because you're worried that if 500,000 people get infected or 600,000 or a million people get infected that you'll see more and more variants and the chances of mutation and variants is more likely, and I understand all that. I understand all that, but for right now, the vaccine poses a greater risk to me and my personal assessments and my research and my talking to my doctor, it poses more of a risk to me than COVID does. It's simple, it's not politics. The only part that gets political is the fact that we won't let you force people to do it. And that's the real problem. People are not not taking the vaccines because of of politics, they're taking it because they don't want to, and you're pissed about politics because it's not letting you force it into people's arms. That's what Fauci's upset about. He's upset, he's not saying people aren't taking it because of politics. They're not taking it because they're choosing not to. And our Constitution and our country and our quote unquote politics are getting in the way of you forcing us to do it. That's the real problem, Fauci, let's be honest. Politics isn't stopping us from taking the vaccine. Politics is stopping you from forcing us to take the vaccine. That's your real concern. And as I said before, it's getting really weird. I mean, you have the governor coming out here basically pushing for businesses to start doing some sort of vaccine passport type system based on how I'm reading what he's saying. You have Fauci out here complaining about politics, not giving Jim Jordan a response as far as what is the number that we get to be free. You have appointments going unfilled. They have star-studded event planned of all these celebrities telling you to get vaccinated because they're really rolling out the experts, aren't they, guys? Because once again, those celebrities sure are an expert. Oh, that's right. They're only an expert, and they're parroting what you want them to Hmm. Makes me wonder, should I not listen to them? After all, I was told to only listen to the experts. It's just getting really weird. And then you have them rolling out that you need to get a third vaccine or a fourth vaccine. Of course, we saw this coming. You have blank spots on your vaccination cards for a reason. And you ask yourself, you ask yourself this question. Why? are they so insistent about enforcing it just open the state and get over it because at this point it's quite clear it's about one thing and one thing only it's about control that's it it's about feeling important it's a human nature it's a human behavior to want control and feel important that's what it's about thank you guys for joining me. Please, please, please give this a share. If you're listening on the podcast, please ask another person to listen to the podcast. May 2nd at 2 o'clock, we're going to be protesting out in front of the governor's mansion. I invite you guys out to join us. Check out our website, broodco.com, B-R-E-W-E-D-C-O.com. You can donate, donate donate.broodco.com. I appreciate you guys for seeing us today, and please come out to the coffee shop and check us out. Out, It's great coffee, I promise. Don't listen to Coffee Tree out there throwing shade, thinking our coffee sucks. I'll take you on, Coffee Tree. I offered a coffee off. We'll see if they respond. You come out, you try it yourself. Thank you guys so much.